Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. So today we have photorealism artist Callum Stephen on the show. You might be familiar with Callum since he was one of the finalists on BBC's The Big Painting Challenge this year. And I particularly wanted to chat to Callum because he's a self-taught artist with a non-creative day job and he paints photorealism paintings. Now, some of the art challenges set on the programme would have gone against my every instinct had I have taken part, so I wanted to find out why Callum took part on the show and whether the experience was a positive one. Enjoy the show! So Callum, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's, uh, it's, it's my pleasure. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, me too. And I, first of all, I really want to know where your creative journey began. So, so when did you actually realise that you wanted to be an artist? Yeah, um, God, well, it's, uh, it's quite a weird little story. But uh, so about two years ago, um, I, you know, well, you know, because I'm dyslexic, I've always been quite creative. I, you know, for where, well, especially when I was a kid, I always used to sketch or whatever and, you know, stuff like that. But it's like my creative journey really began when I was in Australia traveling and um, and I was in this little town called um, it's called Alice Springs and like there's nothing else to do there except Sears Rock and whatever so so I stumbled across this little bookshop and and in the book front window there was a um, like there's a little book sort of um, it's from Van Gogh's stories to Theo and so I grabbed it, which captured my eye. I just grabbed the book because I had nothing else to do. So I, I think I bought the book for like five uh, five dollars and just went back to the park and started to read about Van Gogh's like some letters to his brother Theo and got really really passionate about it because the whole story really sort of like inspired me in his journey. Um, and it, it, well, you know, especially because it was quite it was quite different for me because I'm just I was just an average lad playing rugby from Wales and whatever. So I wasn't really into art at all. So so I read the book, went to a park, and basically, as I was, well, I was literally on my last page of uh, finishing this book, um, like this Aboriginal uh, sort of bloke, so sort of came out of the bush quite wildly, and um, he um, he grabbed me by my shoulder and just tapped me in the shoulder and said, and like, well, like he, um, like he pulled out this little canvas from under his coat and he tried selling it uh, to me, for uh, for ten dollars that his wife had painted. Um, so um so phyllis his wife was um standing standing behind this very thin palm tree now she's uh, she's quite a large lady and and like she's trying to she's quite shy so um so i was trying to sort of get her to come and sort of you know tell me about the work and stuff that she was trying to sell me so so i cracked up a deal i said right so phyllis if you could tell me more about this little painting that you're going to sell me um so i'll pull out some money and you know then we'll look into it because like just at the time, bear in mind, I was just a backpacker in Australia. I had just enough money to sort of feed myself. How yeah, old? Alone. Can, sorry, how old were you at this point, Callum? I was 20, 21. Okay. Or 20, yeah. yeah, 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 it's 21. Um, and yeah, so I basically, I went to the cash machine and 
So they wanted obviously uh, $10 for it. So I went to cash machine and I pulled out $50 and, you know, because I thought that this painting was worth so much more and I wish I could pay a lot more for it, you know, because I had no money. So, um, yeah, so I got the money and then they start and then she told me about the piece that she gave me and stuff and that, she, you know, that the style was all like the old fashioned sort of Aboriginal dotted painted by hand. And it's really quite amazing little piece. And then after that, um, well, she like they started crying with emotion and, and whatever because the, you know the, like the fifty dollars went a long way to them because they yeah. lived in a you know because, because they obviously lived in this little metal sort of shack you know by two meters by one meters mm. so it was very small and they had a family of five and uh, and then it was as I was I was walking away um she came up to me and she whispered in my ear sort of thing as is really quite bizarre she said right and just go home and um, just be creative and just start to paint and then even if you sort of haven't painted before just go home and start painting and that's what I'd done <laughs> and that's and that's a simple simple you know that that is an amazing story and that that sounds like the best 50 dollars ever spent oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know my sure was at the time I felt you know it was quite emotional but it's, it's like really almost like it was meant to be it's a really well, something yeah something like sort of just triggered you know something just triggered in that little moment and I didn't think about it there and then I just thought okay it's just one of them weird little sort of scenarios that you just go through when you're traveling but it's for when I was back home and started to paint I thought about this woman I thought whoa you know something's happened here so obviously you then went on to teach yourself to paint um yeah. as opposed to going to art school what what was the reason behind that choice um, well, basically, the reason was I was I was just painting and, you know, was my mother used to say to me, just find what you love and just enjoy it, you know, and just do it. And for when I came back from Australia, I was a completely different person. I began to paint and I really enjoyed it. And that was my passion. And it just grew and grew and grew. And I like because I started to buy hundreds of books and started to feed my mind with all this knowledge of just painting and, you know, like just the pure basics and stuff. And I just really enjoyed the learning process by myself more than anything because it kept my passion alive. Um, so that's so I didn't even think about going to art school. I, you know, I think I was just enjoying. Well, you know, I think I was just enjoying every moment I was painting, you know, and I was just learning and just, yeah, you know, it's just simple like that, really. I thought, just find what you love and just enjoy it. What made you choose then to paint with oils? Had you tried other mediums too? or It is well, oils that you do, isn't it? Or is it? Yes, yes. It no, it is oils. Yeah, yeah. No, like the reason I chose oils was because that's all I know, basically. And that's what I began to teach myself with was just, you know, standard oil paints that I got, you know, that went down to the shop, bought some real cheap paint, you know. And, and that's all I've used, really. Um, and the reason being is because when I was learning, I'm, I'm like reading all this knowledge about these you know, but like, oh, it's all the greats, you know, the Van Goghs, the, yeah. like, you know, like the Rembrandts, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And just they were using these old sort of methods. And especially with the old Dutch masters with still life, it's basically photorealism back in the 14th century, you know, in the 17th century. I thought, how could they achieve that with this oil paint? It's just absolutely remarkable. And, and that's my love of oil paints. So I think I never really tried nothing else with acrylics. I think I tried... I, I think I experimented with acrylics twice and it went completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain because yeah. I, I don't yeah. get on with them either at all. Yeah, no. yeah. so it's, yeah, so I think I just stuck to what I know 
I just perfected, you know, in that medium. So I want to perfect myself in that medium. Yeah. So, so you've, yeah. you've mentioned that you um, love the sort of old master kind of techniques and I really, really yeah. relate to that. Yeah. Um, and so, so, you know, that's not a technique that is actually taught these days in, in art college, most of them, unless you go somewhere like Florence or whatever. Um, yeah. and, and I feel like those, those techniques are being lost. Um, yeah. And actually that information isn't necessarily that, easy to find anymore as to how to learn the techniques um so how did how did you go about that um so basically uh yeah so like well first of all it's just like you have to be painting every day you know like and that's even if you have a day job a night job you have to be painting every day like because practice obviously makes perfect you know like with the old saying mm. but uh, but the stuff like that i learned was basically looking on youtube night after night you know looking for hours on different techniques and basic how to mix paint what to use what color goes with this and i had to learn the color charts and all the basics you know and and but like i, I think my main sort of learning thing is is by looking on these social media sites, like you have the Instagram, the Facebook, and you research the, you know, like most famous artists that are currently, you know, working now, present. And I just look at their photos that they put up and I learn by what they're doing and seeing on how they're set up, you know, what, what sort of paints are they using by looking at photographs and, and it was like, and then what do they use to, to, um, to sort of steady their hand for like, you know, for a hand rest. And, stuff like that i think you can learn so much just by looking at one photo of someone just in their studio and that's all i did was just read hundreds of books about all different kinds of art art history um and just looking at different sort of social media sites and just learning that way you know because obviously as i'm dyslexic so by going into like school or something like that which i hated so no me too it, gosh almighty yeah i know so it's absolutely so I just found a different way of learning basically and you know and that was just purely just by just watching other people sort of just paint you know on YouTube and stuff and, yeah it's, it's so interesting listening to you talk because I almost feel like I'm having a conversation with myself yes. and, yeah no, and, I can imagine. and and I've, <laughs> I've really related to you on we'll go into the program in a little bit and why I wanted sure. to particularly interview you but um you know certain things you're saying like um <clears throat> like when you were talking about looking at paintings on social media now yeah we we obviously look at the painting we think lovely painting I'd like to do that blah 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 but what's really interesting what you just said is that i would spend more time looking at what's on the um artist's um little table the mediums they're using the brushes yeah. um and right. the paint brands and all that sort of thing yeah. I'll be looking at that as much as I would the painting because you can learn, like you say, you can learn such a lot. So yeah, we're very, very similar in that way too. It's interesting. So much, isn't it? yeah. Like especially with the paints because when I first started off, I was on the couch with my little canvas on my knees, mm. and I was buying like real cheap, so one pound a tube paint, and the work was was pretty crappy. <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh, this is just no hope. You know, because I have a personality where I want to be. Well, if, when I do something, I want to be the best at it, you know, yeah. and that's, and it's, it's, uh, and then I realized that if you buy better quality paints by looking at these famous artists and stuff, then your work actually does improve because the quality of paints and, you know, and the different terps and the different glazes you're going to buy, it's all about just observing the photos and stuff. And you mm. learn so much that way. 
Mm. Do you work from photos in general or do you sometimes paint from life or? Um, yeah, so it's when I, well, in the first two years, I was just experimenting, obviously, you know, just experimenting with all different sorts of painting. And, yeah. and that was just done by photos. Yeah, just yeah. I, would, I would simply take a picture, of, well, just off my mobile phone. Mm. And I still do. You know, that's what I do. I don't, like, you know, because I can't afford a real fancy camera. So, no. you know, so I use my, you know, so I use my iPhone. I take the picture for what I want to paint. And I just take a thousand screenshots of certain pieces of the whole thing. And I just paint off my phone, you know, and yeah. that's purely, that's purely, you know, that's how it is. So, so tell me how um, you settle or why you chose to paint in a, a photorealism <clears throat> style then as opposed to, I mean, obviously Gosh. these days there's so many styles, isn't there? There's all the abstract oh, and there's, yeah. um, as you learned, particularly when you went onto the program, the big painting challenge. But what do you love about photorealism? Because I don't know about you, but I think things are changing now, but certainly myself um, over the last sort of uh, 10 years or so, I have faced criticism in the past <clears throat> because people are sort of saying, well, you might as well take a photo. What's the point? Uh, yes. and, and it's one of those things I, I, I grip my teeth. I think, oh, yeah, but... I know. I've had the same thing and it's so you annoying. You get criticism, don't you? Because of, of the, course, and, yeah. yeah. So tell me, tell me then what, what is it that drew you to it? Well, it's not, yeah, so basically, um, well, I was just doing loads of Disney stuff and just whatever and like loads of different sort of surreal, surrealism I was quite into before my early stages. I was doing all sorts, you know, with Salvador Dali, but photorealism came to me when actually <laughs> um, so my brother came up to the studio and um, he said to me, like he looked at my painting, he said, Callum, I still see brush marks on your painting. I was like, well, you know, well, this is, you know, well, of course, because it's a painting still, you know, like this, of course, you're going to see brush marks. And then, like, from that point then, I wanted to prove him wrong, you know. When he was next coming up to the studio, I wanted to have him thinking that, oh, gosh, well, okay, so, it, you know, so is that a painting? Because I can't see the brush marks anymore. Mm. And I, it, it, I think it just stemmed from there because that's, because I wanted to prove him wrong. And it's just as simple as that. And then that's when I sort of looked into photorealism and then started buying more books about photorealism. And then, uh, then that's when I really fell in love with it because you know, photorealism, like you said, it's if people come up to me and think, oh, yeah, but I can take a photograph, you know, and just you know, it's the same thing. And, you know, then just enlarge it. But at the same time, it's not because it's your photograph that you're taking and it's your personal photograph and you're tweaking what your subject needs to be like with different lights and whatever. Well, like the way I see it is that you're just using a basic stick, a stick with a bit of hair on the end, and then you're turning that into a photograph. And like you're challenging people to like to think that what you know that's a painting, and like that's what I want to prove people. Just, I enjoy proving people wrong, you know, because I think it's the challenge. I yeah. love to challenge myself, and I think that was the best way to well, I think to learn quickly is to land yourself in the deep end and go for the most hardest sort of painting form there is, like skillfully wise. And then, uh, well, then you learn very quickly. And that's why I've only been painting for about two years and one month now. And you just learn so quick by challenging yourself and the, and the amount of mistakes you make, you learn mm. from me each time. Absolutely. I think that's, 
in us being reasonable. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I people sort of say I paint in a photorealism style, but what I actually do, and I, I wonder if this is the same for you, but there's certain elements of it I'm not so keen on. So perhaps maybe the yeah. colour of whatever, the backdrop, the wall or whatever might be a sludgy grey <laughs> colour, but I don't want that. I want to, in that wall somewhere, will be... I'll be able to see some kind of colour that I like and I'll pick that out and then I'll push back what I don't like about it. So essentially, although it is photorealism to a point, it's also my own spin on it. It's I'm painting it as I, want, yes. as I see it, not how necessarily it is. Are you the same? And that's extremely important, you know, yeah. because that's because like I learned that quickly as well, because um, like, so I don't know if you know my Milky Bar packet. Now that's I my do. very first. Yeah. yeah uh, so that was my first, my first photorealism try. You know, that's my first go at it, and that was the first thing I did. And that, that ended and, up in the papers, yeah. didn't it? That one. Yeah, yeah, with the, you know, yeah. And then I had like the nasty van uh, turn up the following day with a big box of Milky Bar chocolates for me and stuff. <laughs> <'cause> I, <laughs> so I felt it's quite, oh, it's hellish. It's quite funny, but uh, yeah, it's quite. It, it was lovely to, to you know, to have. Well, you know, like the big brand as Nestle is, oh, to sort of you know, just approach me with a, a massive big box of chocolates. <laughs> yeah. so it's quite a nice little. Uh, but no, the reason, like, it's like you said with the backgrounds, like the like so the Milky Bar packet was just um, on like a purely white background, and it was just it just didn't bring the uh, like the packet didn't uh, sort of pop, you know what I mean? Mm. So it was like to put that turquoise greeny color, um, like in the background, and then all of a sudden. It, like the yellows and the reds of that packet just popped out immediately and that's my own spin you know and and by doing the skittles with the black and the purple background you know like that was my own spin because that's mm. what I felt was needed to be put on to bring out the packet so so definitely you've got to have your own spin you know yeah it's absolutely important. and it's funny because I think these days um people are always sort of saying oh you know you need to break the rules you need to and I, I yeah. sort of think yeah but Surely you've got to learn those rules before you can break them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's oh, almost like, like yeah. yeah, at art school they just skip it. They they don't even yeah. teach you the rules to break, and and yet really? they're wanting yeah. you to break them. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But a lot of your paintings, um, like you say, tend to be a still life. So particularly like your packet of, um, of sweets and whatnot. But um, yeah. I know that you're currently working on a Peaky Blinders inspired painting, aren't you? <laughs> so, I am indeed. Yeah, and. So and so so first of all when i saw that i actually thought that i was looking at a photograph of what you were going to paint and um, that was my good. yeah that was my first impression and then i looked closer and thought and it wasn't even the, the painting that gave it away it was the words that you'd written about it um and i thought oh my god that is actually a painting <laughs> so well that's great to hear obviously because like Every photorealist wants to, you know, get that reaction. You know, that, that's Ooh. what we're, you know, that's all we're after. You know, just like yourself as well. If someone says to you, "What? You know, that that's a painting?" Yeah. And then you just, you've already done your job, haven't you? In a way. Um, yeah. But but what was your inspiration then for that particular uh, painting? Because I've not seen um, you do that kind of thing before, uh, unless I've missed something. No, no, no. It's the like it's, it's piggy blinders. So this is a brand new thing. But basically. Uh, well, so I'm living in south of France now, but obviously 10 weeks ago when I was, uh, well, I think that we were renting a, um, well, this farmhouse in so Wales and it had no heating. And I was currently on the same canvas. There's a painting, well, like there's a painting that I started, which was underneath my Piggy Blinders painting that I'm on now. 
and I started painting a big bag of Dorito packet with these Marvel characters sitting with sweets and it was going to be, you know, I sketched it all out. I must have spent, I must have spent about 200 hours, you know, just, you know, on this one painting so far. Mm. And I didn't, and obviously because we had no heating, the frost, you know, came to the studio and there's no hardy, like there's you know, single glazed windows and the frost damage just absolutely destroyed my painting. No. So I had to get rid of that. <clears throat> so, so then, I, yeah, so that was quite, well, that was quite a blow. So, so I went downstairs, sat, well, sat around with my family. It was like really, really cold. And it was like about seven o'clock at night. We put on this new series called Peaky Blinders. And straight away, I just thought, you know, like something just clicked. Let's, I just thought, okay, because you know, I'm getting fed up of these sweet packets. They're quite boring looking. I've, you know, I've done that. Okay, they were great. But at the same time, like I really want to experiment now when I'm at this age, young. Yeah. All, all this different stuff so then I can develop as an artist. So I thought, you know, so this idea came to me where I'd have this sort of black and white, sort of rustic looking old Birmingham street Peaky Blinders sort of thing going on in the background, but still having my twist of uh, photorealism placed in um, the foreground. So, so it's all a big experiment. So I still don't know if it's going to be, you know, if it's going to pull off or not, because it's still a massive gamble because you don't know what the, the foreground objects will look like with the background. But mm. at the same time, I wanted to do something present and something that everyone's absolutely going crazy about at the present time. And it, it's something which I love to do as well. And it's 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 something different. And where did you get the reference from? Uh, like, what, the, the actual photograph? Yeah. So, so simply, if you watch Peaky Blinders, um, I think at the beginning of it, well, I think of every season, there's like you have um, was Tommy Shelby where he's walking to his little house, you know, yeah. on the street with all these different people. And I basically paused it and then I got out my phone and just simply took a photo of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's all I did. I just pressed pause and just Fantastic. took the photo with my, yeah, and that was it. Is it I, monotone, you know, that painting? Is it kind it of is. monotone? Yeah. Yeah, so it it's is, almost like yeah, sepia, isn't it? Sort of sepia. I, so sepia. Want it, yes, I want it to look like a blurred background because I don't want it to look like photorealism at all. So background's very important if I don't do photorealism because mm. it's by having this blurred sort of uh, background is it's going to give my like my still life objects at the front this photorealism look, mm. and then you know, and then obviously then photorealism sort of objects will be. Well, perfectly sort of, you know, painted obviously in photorealism, but so that's why you probably it, so it looks like an like this vintage, blurry, black and white sort of old photograph, and that's what I want it to look like. Well, you've just so, you've succeeded already, from what I can tell. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's, it's demanding. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So, what made you then? I know that a lot of people are going to be really <clears throat> interested um, to learn about this. You, you took part, didn't you, in the big painting challenge yes. um, which I what I love I watch every year even though it's it's so far removed <laughs> from anything I would ever do and, <laughs> and uh, I, what made you apply to take part in that and I'm, the reason I'm so interested to learn about this is because yeah. you and I are very similar in style in the yeah. fact that we paint the way we paint yeah. Yeah. and when I watch that program I just think that is like not just stepping out of your comfort zone that's kind of like getting on a plane and sort of going a thousand miles away from <laughs> from your comfort zone and oh, gosh, that that yeah. would frighten me to death so I think yeah. it was a really brave thing for you to take part in um so what made you do that 
Well, trust me, first of all, it was horrendously scary. <laughs> Who, did, no, did you uh, did you just go online and apply, first of all? No, I it... didn't apply. Um, so I didn't apply for the show at all. Oh. I, I, like an, you know, so in fact, I never heard about the show in my life. Right, okay. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, so people don't know that, I don't think. But um, so basically what it was, I was was currently working, uh, like, you know, because I'm a stonemason, I was working on the building site. And like this local sort of art gallery just near, what's, I think, just down the road. And um, she was holding like this amateur competition, you know, where sort of like 20 amateur artists, you know, could just place their works, you know, like just in this gallery. And I, think I left work straight away, got my art. I went straight to this gallery, and outside the front door, this woman, um, this woman, well, like the uh, like big director of this gallery, said to me, "Sorry, but your work can't be can't be allowed in this competition, because, it, well, first of all, because you can tell that you're not going to art school because of the structure, you know, like of your paintings, it's not right. You can tell that you're not a uh, trained artist." I said, "Well, you know, but this is just an amateur competition. You didn't specify that." So just you know, so, so that she denied my work basically. So I went back into the van and went straight back to site. I went to start laying blocks down a down a trench, and I got a phone call, and it's from the BBC, saying that they had seen my work on Instagram, and that they would like me to go down for an audition for this BBC show, Big Painting Challenge, the um, the following day. I then um, put down the phone on them, thinking it was my mates doing a prank call. So, yeah, so I waited half an hour just thinking, oh, that's just my mates mucking about uh, because I had no contact. I think I had no caller ID, so I called them, so I couldn't call them back. So they phoned me and I said, no, no, it's, it's the actual BBC. I mean, we want you to come down for the audition. So I was absolutely in shock because I was, I was more thinking, not because of the show, but it was more to do with um, getting my work to be seen by a much bigger audience, you know, and that was... Well, you know, and that's everyone's dream, you know, um, and so that was what it was. So I went down the following day to Cardiff um, and like there was about loads of different sort of auditions all around the country. And one I went to in Cardiff was about 250 people. And I went down. It was like a nine hour thing. We had to be interviewed for this, you know, like do what you're going to do, basically on the show, but just do it in the, you know, like to see if you're sort of camera, not camera shy and all this. And So you had that, to paint, was... you actually had to paint in the auditions. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it's like the paint and film your painting and stuff. You need to do like this big interview as well. And, and so I was just purely there to meet other artists and just purely there to have what well, just a good day out, really. That's my honesty. Because I thought, you know, because I, it's people who I know are basically carpenters, plumbers, and bricklayers. And I don't know anyone, you know, Creation. in the art world at all. Mm. So I thought, well, this would be a good chance to get, you know. So I did that. Um, and basically, yeah, that's what it was. And about three days later, I got a phone call saying that, you know, Callum, would you be the last, you know, that we've um, selected you to be in the last 10 out of well, thousands of people. So I was absolutely shocked and very scared and nervous at the same time, because then I looked into the show and what they actually did. I thought, oh, gosh, you know, this is <laughs> this is not me. <laughs> did you watch back like, on old episodes to see? Yeah, no, I had to like, yeah, well, like the minute I went down for the audition, like, I think the same night I went back and I just stayed up to about one o'clock watching like the whole season yeah. and I, I thought oh gosh you know this is this is going to be challenging but I then thought again it's it's all about the publicity you know for me then it's all about getting my work out there absolutely uh, yeah. and uh, so that's what it was yeah 
I mean, that those three days when you were waiting, did you actually think that you would? Was there an inkling that? Gosh, no, no, I completely forgot about it. I was back on the building site the following morning at six a.m. Um, I was I completely forgot about it. I was just there. I generally thought it was a good day out, and mm. you know, whatever happens, happens. Just quickly um, so, stepping back just a bit, I just want to go back to when you t talked about your work being denied in that gallery. Yeah. And there was just one sentence you said there, and it was when you said, they've said, it's just not right. You can tell it's yeah. not right. That kind of thing really annoys me because I think define yeah. right. What Exactly. What is right and what... Uh, and who is anyone to say that a piece of art is wrong in any way? Well, that's right. Especially, especially the like the big director from this gallery that you know I, was, I rushed into, and and in fact it was it was my skittles and my milky bar painting that wanted to be put in there. Yeah. And she and she said to me on the steps of the entrance of this place, she said to me, um, like there's no structure to it, the drawing's all wrong. I said, well, look, like. It's photorealism is the next thing to encyclic architecture. Like photorealism is the most sort of um, like the drawing goes into it. It is it's just pure mathematics. Yeah. So I work out all the angles. I, I sketch everything by hand. And I, I said to her, well, you know, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I used that feel what she said to me about the structure and the composition of it and the proportions. She was going on about it. And I just said, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I've used that every day as my fuel, you know, to strive, you know, in every way I can, because that's so negative criticism like that to my work. It, it, I think it feeds me, you know, like it feeds me, it makes me more hungry to um, to prove these people wrong. Me too. Yeah. So I get um, that. So, yeah. I do get that. Um, uh, yeah, that whole sort of thing about not getting accepted into a gallery or some people don't get accepted into art school. And I do think... Yeah that a lot of people who um, are into sort of photorealism painting don't get accepted because basically a lot of art schools are wanting just people that are willing to be really experimental. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. It's like, it's yeah, but like, I think the art school want the people to be learning with different textures, different materials and different techniques where, where like for the photorealists, we just want to focus and master far trade. Yes. And, and I don't think they like that, well, well you know, but then there could be certain schools, like there could be certain um, certain realism schools out there I know of in Paris and stuff, where yeah. that'd be quite good and quite sort of interesting because they just focus on realism and, yeah. you know, focus on that. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't say no to an art school like that. No, no, <laughs> but, I, no yeah, that'd be brilliant. But you've got to be very... Many... No, it's, it's really expensive as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, like 24,000 euros a year, and I'm like, well, no. I'm just a stonemason. I just yeah. struggle to get by. You know, and I just do my best to get by, so... <laughs> so with your style in mind then, um, obviously on the programme, it, it just could not be further from what they were encouraging you to do. So... Yeah. Tell tell us then about some of the challenges that you were set on the program. Yeah, well, like, um, yeah. So I think the first week of the show, I I had a massive chest infection. I was quite ill, but like I know it probably didn't seem it. And um, but but uh, the whole thing with the movement when I was painting the dogs in the second week, it was just I don't know where to start. You yeah. know, I just and so all I kept on saying was, calm stick to what you know stick to what you know and then you have the mentors diana which is lovely and pascal they're both lovely but they were saying basically 
stop blending, stop doing it photorealistic and stop, you know, and I had to just train myself quickly to get out of that just for this sort of show because obviously I needed to produce quick art, which I'm not good at. But um, but so challenges like movement and I think in week five, which I produced that, you know, that painting with the black silhouettes, which looked like flying pizza pans with the bright orange background and, a and the purple, purple sweet. Abstract. Yeah. yeah, like that yeah. was just so hard for me to yeah. get my paintbrush and mix this paint. But it it felt really good. So doing that, though, especially with the purple uh, stripes and the swing motions, it was, it, it, well, it felt really good. But I stepped back and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going out to the public of, you know, of Great Britain. How embarrassing, <laughs> you know, like this, I'm, I'm so self-critical as a person because Me I think too, you have yeah. to be. You mm. have to be very self-critical to learn. And like, you know, I think that's the best way to learn quickly. And I stood back at all my works like every single week. Um, I just stood back. I said to my mom the following night, well, on the same night, I said to her, look, I'm going home, I'm going home, because absolutely such awful work. But I think I just, yeah, it's just the whole thing was challenging itself for me, I think. <laughs> yeah, because I, I wondered if there was ever a point during the filming, that's what I was going to ask about, you know, whether you ever at any point regretted entering and thought, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, like that would be the very first day, you know, like yeah. up in Glasgow when we've been, um, I think we we're painting inside the beer distillery. And um, I just, you know, it's just, that's when I thought, Callum, what am I doing? You know, like this is, like this is, you know, this could jeopardize me or this is not a good move. But, 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 you know, but then I just thought, right, just give my best shot. Um, look, it's, it, it, it's good publicity, it's whatever, and it's, it's a good chance to maybe learn something. But if I'm honest with you, I didn't learn much about painting on the show because I was too focused on about getting my paintings done in time. Yeah. Um, you know, like when they say, did the mentors help with techniques? Well, I already know that because I already taught myself at home. Yeah. But, but the stuff that they teach you is just basically, you know, uh, just different ways to handle the paint, which is mm. good, I guess. But it's so painting wise I didn't learn uh much because I was you yeah know. I mean like me I mean I, I was in my 30s before I started painting um but actually I already knew yeah. who I was I knew what I wanted to do and I think when you're oh. sort of 16 17 yeah you know you, you do experiment you want but you th there sure. comes a point yeah. in everyone's life where they know who they are you know who you are yeah, yeah. and so yeah. you know there's no point in trying to change someone into something that no. they're not and and I don't know about you, but I think it's really, really important to be true to yourself on a canvas, but whether, oh, whether that is, yeah. you know, doing something completely random and bonkers or doing something photorealistic, it's got to be, it's yeah. got to come natural yeah. to you. Otherwise, it's not uh, a real piece oh, of art, no. is it? It's just... No, especially like, you know, for like, uh, for the photorealism, all the artists who do photorealism have all the hours like that we spend in one piece it, mm. it has to be true to yourself otherwise there's just no point painting oh you'd be bored wouldn't you <laughs> well you'd be bored and you've got to be painting something that you enjoy and what you are interested yeah. in doing yeah um but it's like you said before about um finding on well, uh, find out on who you are as a person well i started traveling when i was 18 and traveled for about four years constantly and then i came back at 20 one or 22 
uh, 21, uh, a completely different person, you know? Mm. Um, I was just completely different. And I found myself when I was traveling. I think that's when you see so many stories of people traveling that go and find yourself, travel. And it's true yeah. because I was like this, this like, the skinny little sort of insecure kids and like who who had no you know like who lived in the hills of Wales and you know like just know my next like my next door neighbours was just around the corner but but I mean hundreds of people travelling and just you know then you can be yourself and then you can be true to yourself so it's very important that I went through that progress I think absolutely and and when you were sort of talking about in the competition that you sort of felt so out of your comfort zone and was sort of feeling almost I, I presume some points you must have felt um a lot of comparisonitis you know i would i know i would if i was in that situation um but i i was sort of thinking when i watched the program i was thinking okay but if you put the boot on the other foot and all of these people who um are more naturally um inclined to paint in a sort of abstract way but then if you were trying to get them to paint in a more photorealism way, then it would yeah. be exactly the same, but the opposite way around, wouldn't it? Yeah, it... no, exactly. Because that's... Because yeah. they wouldn't be able to do I'm... it. Or they... Or they... No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, when like, just... And so I feel like... And so I could paint... Well, obviously I couldn't paint it, but mm. so if I had more time, then I could probably paint what so quick painters could paint. Mm. But, but then at the same time, I don't think they could paint photorealism no i think you'll find a lot of the tutors can't (laughs) no exactly because it's it's probably most what's the highest skill isn't it with the paintbrush i think but um it's it's basically i think for me it was the hardest of everyone on the show in because because i well for example um like you had people on the show who painted quickly previously to the show and that's all they did for years yeah Uh, and um and they had experience because because you know because i was the youngest on the show and and um, so, so I think the whole show was the hardest for me because of my photorealism side to me. I agree. Know, I, <laughs> I totally agree. And and it's actually, like I say, I I wanted to speak to you in particular out of all of the contestants, and I think it's because I completely can relate to how you must have felt in that environment yeah. because I would have been a hundred times <laughs> worse probably no, because no, trust me like you wouldn't because <laughs> <laughs> but it's it... there and then in the moment you're just going to do what you're going to do and then you're just going to give it your best shot but but they kept it's saying very to you, hard. didn't they a few a few occasions I kept hearing them so the judges say to you you know, you really need to, why don't you go to art school? Get into art school. It's great being surrounded by all these people. And I thought, and I just kept thinking, no, don't spoil him. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, like, but, but this is one of the questions where I get, oh, I get thrown about, like, like the questions probably get, I, I, oh, this is probably once a day question for me and I got to sort of answer it. But it's like, people say to me, why don't you go to art school? Look, there's great... And I'm not against art school. No, I think neither. it's been there for hundreds of years. I think it's absolutely brilliant for different people. And like I say, each to their own. But, absolutely. But then I think, like, the whole art school is great. If I was to go, which I'm not going to go, but um, it'd be good. And so I'd go for the for the social contacts of meeting other people. And, and because, you know, it's all about contacts in the art world, I think. It's about who you know and what galleries this and they watch you and the lecturers might sort of like approach you and think you're good. And then so I think that would be the only reason if I was to go, then it'd be for the contacts 
I might meet in the future. But but then again, you're not guaranteed that either, which just doesn't do it for me. But like I said, I'm not I, I'm not against it. But it's just I hated school with a you know with a passion. Mm. I you know I never took artwork. My teacher never really. So I wasn't bothered. I was a bit naughty in the class. I always spent most of the time outside the classroom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and I just never, in school, because my dyslexia was super hard, it, and I just was working at a very young age doing my bricklaying for my father's business. Yeah. So, so the whole sort of school and academic thing is just not good for me. But at the same time, people keep saying to me, Callum, it's not academic, it's not like school. But I know for a fact... And so if I go there and they give me a bit of free will, then I prefer doing my own free will in my own free time and what I want to paint without being told what to do. Absolutely. Because, you know what I mean? I just don't like the whole teacher-student thing. It's just not my thing. So. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I know exactly what you mean. I agree. Um, so... uh, the thing I like, you know, just one thing I just quickly add. Um, yeah. Like one thing I could, well, like which I'd be 100% up for, would be um, like a mentor for for about like just a couple of months a year, like because I feel like I I need someone with experience. Yes. To to sort of like um to, like to give me little tips here and there, mm. you know, because but like there are some well, there's loads of stuff that you can't learn on you know like on the social media, you know, like on the YouTube, you can't learn it because I've tried looking for it. It's like for when you want to take on a massive canvas and. And like you want to take on a massive background. And so what I find it hard is sometimes where I start painting and then the next day it's dry so quick you can't blend into it. Where and so I want to know how these sort of hyperrealism artists sort of paint a portrait mm. and they start you know and they start from the head. Uh, but but the, how do they how do they uh, and how does the paint stay wet for you know, for a very long time so they can spend very in high intense detailed time on this one section and still be wet to you know for them to blend into it's 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 that sort of stuff i would like to have like little tips you know here and there yeah and 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 i do think artists are very forthcoming with advice when other artists need some because we're all different um but yeah these days if you want a mentor all you need to do is ask someone and say do you know what i need some help yeah, like for example, with like, and so my main inspiration is um, is a guy called Jalf Sparney. I don't know if you heard about him or like heard or heard of him. No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, this bloke, he's Dutch, and oh, please, I'll send you the details after this. Yeah, um, please podcast. do, please but, do. Um, so, well, from day one, since I started uh, the Milky Bar packet, this guy has been and it still is and still will be for the you know, for the rest of my life probably. But um, he basically was a PE teacher back in the 70s or, yeah. you know, something. And he would work and, and he's a, and, uh, you know, and then he's self-taught photorealist. Yeah. And, I, you know, he's now making 100,000 plus off one piece a year, you know. Wow. And he's in the major sort of galleries in New York. And he's self-taught. He didn't go to art school. He was a PE teacher. So, so, I, you know, so I say to people, well, okay, yes, you know, but look at this guy. He was just a PE teacher and he's now making it, in my eyes, he's the best photorealist in the world, yeah. you know. And you have others like Roberto Benini, uh, was it Roberto Benini, and that's Raffaella Spence, you have all these as well, which mm. are absolutely my idols. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but half of them didn't go to 
sabbatical because you can't teach photorealism. Like, like photorealism is something that you have to learn yourself because yeah. they don't teach you this in art school. You know, my so. uncle Danny, he was a really fantastic artist and sculpture. He was actually a stonemason as well, but um, yeah, well, he's, he's passed away now. But um, oh, I always remember him saying to me one day, um, I mean, he kind of discouraged me from going to art school because he said to me, Sandra, he said, I can always tell um, if I walk around a gallery um, mm. and look at, say, 20 paintings, he said, I can always tell um, the self-taught ones. And he really? said, and, and he said, but it's it's for good reason, not for bad reason. He said, you'll see all of the other paintings that are doing everything everyone's doing at the art school. Yeah. You know, they've all got the same tips. They've all got the same little tricks that they use. Yeah. And then there'll be one that just stands out because it's a bit different and you can't put your finger on what it is. But it's yeah. because they've not had so much influence. Um, and so yeah. they've there's something a bit different. It doesn't make it better. the box. It doesn't yeah, so make it, it yeah. worse or better. It just makes it slightly different. So um, he was saying that in a, in a really positive way, saying actually, as much as art school is great, you don't need it. You don't need it. And and there well, are no, some some self taught artists out there who are so brilliant. Um, and and also of what I would say is, as I've said a hundred times before, I'm sure on this podcast, but you know, going to art school doesn't make necessarily make a good artist, and not going to art school doesn't make someone a right. bad artist either. That's very true, mm. uh, and I think what your uncle is very right. He's quite a smart man because, uh, like, because for the self-taught people and the taught people, there's no difference. But like, there's a difference. But at, at the same time, the people who are self-taught have to think outside the box, and, and by doing that, to me, that's what's that's art. You know, mm. that's art, and that defines art to me. It's it's you know it should come from the heart, from the soul, and what you're interested in. And do yeah, you no, think no, do you think a self-taught artist then do you think that they are more likely to to paint in a way that comes natural to them and and therefore portray the real art that's come from their own heart rather than someone who's been to art school? I think so. Yes, because mm. in theory, because when you're in a classroom painting with others, um, in a side, not to judge because I've not been through it, but uh, for what I can assume is that for when you're in a class and you've got a lecturer. So showing you different techniques, then you're all doing the same thing, and and I think they call that zombie art, don't they? They call it zombie art, and and that's something which you shouldn't do, like to be a zombie artist, where it's, it's the way you paint something and it looks like someone else's work. Yeah. For me, that's probably the worst. If I got to that level where I'm copying someone else's work or getting very similar, and it can happen in photorealism as well, where you know, for well, it's where I'm thinking my work's starting to look like someone else's then that's zombie art mm. where I so so the self-taught people don't have that sort of influence and they have to learn and look and observe in different ways and and seek inspiration from different things and they just have no influences so they do what comes from their heart and they do what they're interested in I think that's one of the main things and it's that. funny because you always kind of think the people who do paint in, in say, like an abstract way. And I, I do love those sort of paintings. I love oh, no, looking at wrong, them. I do. I, I yeah. really do. I enjoy looking at all those loose and expressive paintings. And it's a skill in itself and not everybody yeah. can do it. It's just not me. 
Um, oh. But I, I don't have anything, any problem with it. I have, I have it on my wall, you know. But oh. I almost feel, um, and I don't know about, about you, but I almost feel like the rebel because I'm painting, yeah. you know, the, the least rebellious way. <laughs> I'm always the rebel. <laughs> you... But no, like, that, that's quite, yeah, that's funny you say that because that's, um, that's every time I'm, you know, because they're probably stereotypical photorealists to be quite, it's quite nerdy, you know, like that don't, you know, because that's probably the way that people look at us in a way because um we're breaking the rules that, yeah because we're breaking the rules we're not doing everything like the same that like they do in art school but then at the same time photorealists are complete nerds really because yeah. <laughs> you know because we're there hours and hours and hours when everyone else is partying mm. or eating or sleeping we're there painting yeah. um, and you know, then we're perfecting our work where mm. you know but 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 then it's like there's a twist where it's where you got like the abstract artists. Now, don't get me wrong. I've read all about Jackson Pollock, all about these big American abstract artists, the most famous to them, you know, I've read them all because they interest me on their lives that they had, you know, and, and like the stars and what they mean. And, and so I love all sorts of artwork, but yeah. it's a bit like you, I guess. It's just like, what do you enjoy doing? And what do you want the world to see yeah. what you're doing? And, it, it, like, you know, that's all I want. Like me, I want to, if somebody buys a Sandra Busby painting or a Callum yeah. Stephen painting, you want it to be a painting from Callum um, yeah. Stephen's heart, not from, from something he's been told that he needs to paint like, which is no, very that, different, you know? That, no, that's spot on. That's Do, spot on. Tell me then, when you took part in the big painting challenge, obviously it's over now. <laughs> um, do you think that it has been helpful in the long run to you? And I don't mean, I'm, no. I'm talking about, in your for your technique do you think yeah. it's helped you um move forward in your painting at all um no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that question um i'd say no it's not just no it's uh basically the techniques as so i didn't well like i said before i didn't really have time yes we had them little master classes where you know where we did the experimental things with mud which was really really fun yeah you know i enjoyed that because that reminds me of my childhood when I'm playing, you know, with my brother making, you know, like up in the woods with muds and stuff like that. And um, like uh, charcoal with a black uh, piece of paper and you have to bring out the white mm. light, you know, stuff like that. I think um, so I carry with me my knowledge for, you know, for quite a while. But painting ways with a paintbrush, no, because I'm, I'm still doing what I do. You know, I'm, I'm still blending that, uh, you know, as much I, well, I think it quite annoyed Diana, you know, yeah. I'm sure it. And it, there was one, but... there was one scene, and, and she was saying, "Stop blending!" And it was yeah. interesting because you were holding a brush which I could not live without, and uh, I have a little brush. It's the it. cheapest little brush, and it's actually, I think, it's a watercolor brush somewhere yeah. like W. H. Smith, and it's a yeah. little fan brush. And yeah. <laughs> oh, like, they're the best brushes. You know, I love like, them, especially for blending. And I, like the cheapest ones are the yeah. best because they are. You know, yeah, no, they are. They really are because, like, since I went through so many different kinds of hairs with hog hair. Yeah, oh, I hate those. All these different, but I just found the hairs just come out onto the canvas, and you're spending half your time plucking these little things yeah. and i just think like with the cheaper brushes they're there to do a job they're there to function to do the job in blending and that's yeah that's pretty what it is so it's technique yes technique wise not really no but no it's good to observe other people's painting and especially on how they 
sort of like would attack a painting, you mm. know. So I, I felt you were so brave in your choice of subject um, <laughs> when you did the final because there, oh, the, out of all of the subjects, that crane is the last thing in the world that I would have gone to. <laughs> I thought, what are you doing? Oh, I know. Like, my brain, I just don't know. I think I was just pressured. Well, I, like, I'd like to think I was pressurised into it, but I wasn't. Uh, and, you know, so I think my mind was just saying, right, Carl, look, um, you know, because I think it, well, most of them are going to do the ship or, or the water with, you know, with a ship in it. So let's, you know, let's do a crane. You know, let's go for the most complex thing, you know, with the reflection as well. And then I started the piece and it went completely wrong because I wasn't concentrating. And I think the pressure just got to me in the end. I just completely, it's probably my worst piece of art throughout the whole show. And it was the final. So <laughs> it, was, it, it was just my luck. <laughs> well, how, how um, have you ever kept, have you kept all of the paintings that you did in the show? Well, the show? thing is, I think, I think it was, um, no, because they had to keep them. But oh, they're going to send, I think they send them to me in the next uh, few months. Okay. Anyways, so, so, yeah. so, yeah. But no, I thought you were really brave. But I've got to say, <laughs> I thought your water, you, you were amazing at painting water. There was a little um, painting you did, I think it's a boat, and you, I know that... Oh, the two boat reflections, yeah. <clears throat> and the, the actual, it was the water itself, and I thought, wow, you know, that's brilliant. Really, really oh, good. Oh, yeah. So I think I know what... Um, I think they said the uh, boat, the, it was a little blue boat. Po yeah, something in Loch Lomond, just like for the ripples, with like with the yeah, green ripples, for the ivory it. sort of looking, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that was done in a storm. It was quite... Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of dramatic, but... Uh... Yeah, I wonder how much you cost them in canvases. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, well, especially me, you know. <laughs> like, every week I went through four, or like four or three, especially the second week. I went, you know, like in the forest, I thought, oh, I, it really got to me, you know, yeah. like, especially with the pressure, because I thought, oh, gosh, I could you not... know, I could paint under you pressure know. painting under pressure must be a nightmare because that's oh, the last thing you want when you're painting isn't it is pressure yeah, yeah it is i think that was just for you know just for tv obviously but mm. like for real art shouldn't shouldn't be like that you Absolutely know it should be not, no. you know, of course you know of course not but so yeah because <laughs> I, I would have said that if you had done all of those challenges but you yeah. had done in your own time under your own <laughs> sort of charge, if you like, the results would be very, very different, I think. Well, yes. Yeah, no, but they'd be, well, hopefully they'd be photo really. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, like, um, the water is extremely yeah. difficult. I've not, I think I did it once, water and photorealism, mm. and it wasn't, it wasn't uh, photorealism. It was, but I was, I don't know if you see my Disney um, painting that I, I haven't I seen that one, no. No, but um, this is like a bit of a waterfront there, but, you know, it's really hard to do. And yeah. I think that's why I'm uh, painting Peaky Blinders, but with glass objects I'm painting now, is because I really want to paint glass because I've not done it before. Oh, you'll love it. And I can't, but, oh, I know, I'm going to love it. But at the same time, I keep looking at my reference photos you know, for when I'm about to do it. And... I send them to you because they look so complex. Yeah. This is unreal, but it's all about the it's all about the outcome. But I really want to challenge myself using glass and then doing the sea or different, just doing you know different stuff in photorealism. Glass, I I love. I mean, as you probably know, it's my favourite subject. To no, paint. I've seen your work. It's absolutely brilliant. By the way, I've um, oh, I have you. seen it. I've checked out your Instagram. It's 
absolutely amazing. I'm not overly active on Instagram because yeah. the thing is with you, you as well, probably is that I, I'm not because paintings take a long time. It's not easy, is it? To, I mean, they say, "Oh, you need to post every day." Well, you can't when you're a realism painter <laughs> no, at all. You no. can't. No, it's very hard. No, it's yeah. very hard to try and keep your audience, isn't it? Because oh, especially yeah. with the publicity. But exactly. like, I think I've been lucky with the show for mm. the time being for my publicity with that, and yeah. it's just well, like for me now, it's about keeping that sort of audience and then keeping them interested so I'm so I do a bit of everything so when I'm not painting you know and I'm waiting for stuff to dry you know with my different glazes I and so I would just take a couple of photos of yeah. you know just of what, just whatever really so one thing I will say about my technique is that but I always paint in a lot of layers and my paintings always go through what I call the skanky teenage stage. So they, they go to a point where they are horrible. Yeah. They are so horrible that I'm almost frightened of going into the studio because I, I just know they look terrible. But <laughs> it's pushing past that because it's it's kind of like... Yeah. It's like walking into a house that you want to buy, but you can't get past the awful decor. And that's very well, no, yeah. that's very well explained because that, <laughs> yeah, like but, but, but that's how photorealism. As with acrylics, do you um, do you specialise in acrylics? No oils. Or, it is oils. oils. Yeah. Yes, like so. I was reading up on this photorealism thing with um, with acrylics. They dry so so quick, don't yeah. they? So you can do thousands of layers a lot quicker than you can do a hundred layers with just normal paint. So. I found it like so I found when people do their techniques, they like they place the big objects on first, and then they um you know then they just sort of and then each layer goes on and on and you put the details in and in and in yeah, um uh, but um so I don't work like that I just and so I used to work with layers but now it's um it's one layer and then I give them you know then I give them like my best shot. And then yeah. I keep going over it and over mm. it. So it's, in theory, no, it's about three, you know, three layers or four layers yeah. of you know thick, you know, of quite thick oil paint. Yeah. Where for when I come to the glass, uh, like I probably do, like I probably just try and land it as best I can in one shot. But then if it's not happy, then I can go on top of it again. But it's very rarely, well, I touch wood, but <laughs> and I messed up for the first time last week. I spent ten hours straight run straight through ten hours. And it was the very last touches I messed up and I had to wash it all off with turpentine. Oh, it's soul like, destroying when that happens. Oh, that was the first mistake I've done since uh, since I started, well, yeah, since I started painting. Mm. And it just absolutely took, I just took everything away from me. I was like, oh gosh. But then the following day, I had a fresh mind. I just redid it and it mm. went fine. Mm. So I'll always remember when my uncle Danny, he said to me, you know, not all of your paintings will go well. He said uh, that they won't. Some of your paintings will not go well. Um, oh, trust me. Uh, yeah. And, and it, you know, it was the, one of those things that stuck in my head because I think it was the next painting I did after he said that that didn't go well. And I think I, I was ready to put my brushes down and never paint again. But then I, yeah. I, I thought, actually, no, he said this would happen. And he yeah. was right. And then the next painting was fine. It was great. See, you know, that, that's very true because, like, I think you have to go through that. Mm. But, like, I'm not saying the mistakes I... I've made tons of mistakes, but not in photorealism, but but like my experimental stage when I was going through when I first started painting, as I'd be painting something and it would just, oh, I'd mess it up. I'd messed over 50 paintings up. Mm. And I think that that process right there is incredibly important because that's when I learned the most. Yeah. Well, you know, I think everyone's got to fail to, you know, to well, succeed in their painting. I totally agree. You know, achieve that. That's the basic thing that everyone says, but that's that's 
you know. Well, they say it because that's absolutely true. Well, it's true, isn't it? That's how it is. So. Yeah, yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it's seeing past those mistakes and it's seeing yeah. past, certainly for me, when I'm sort of looking at my painting and it's at that horrible stage, it's being able yeah. to see past that and think, okay, but I know it's not going to be like this. It's just yeah. that I've got to be subjected to it <laughs> looking like this till, like till I finish. Like you need a good, a strong mindset. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do. It's, you actually do. Because you really otherwise, do. you just if you keep having like, well, like these, uh, these negative thoughts, then your painting becomes negative but then if yes. you keep saying it will be good you know this is it the first layer fun. like you can like you can fix it you mm. can fix it Callum you can fix it yeah and then uh, and that's what it is every night so it's just it's it's a big challenge it's a big ball of fun though you know what I want to know then is how your life has changed since taking part in the show um well I think well I'm still a bricklayer yeah I'm still a stonemason so mm -hmm. so nothing's changed in that front for now, I hope. <laughs> um, but I think social media, I've learned about that. So during the show, I, you know, because I'm quite, well, uh, me and the computers do not get on. And I mean, <laughs> I, I'm incredibly old fashioned like that. So I never really had a mobile phone until I was quite, you know, 16, 17 or something. I just never really sort of interested me. So, so when it comes to like social media, um, well, lucky for me, I had my mother and my sister who, you know, my sister's been quite well known sort of in the pageant world before right so and so she you know so she's had to promote herself on social media because that's the way the world's going yeah. and i think i think many artists now especially the ones who who became so well known in the 70s with no social media they've all had to now develop into social media sites to get their bigger audiences i think that's where i've struggled but now this show has been on I've learned how to deal with it and how to promote myself and how to hopefully attract loads more people. And I think that's uh, that's one thing I think is it's a great tool to know now where and so I'm not materialistic at all, but I think and so all I want is my artwork to be reached in a, a lot wider audience. And and I know the only way of doing that is social media these days or it, or like unless you're incredibly lucky and you're out in Paris and, and this art, you know, and this art dealer comes up to you and says, boom, you know, I want you, you know, in this gallery, then that's the only option. But it's social media is a lot. It's a great tool, I think. Absolutely. I think we're very lucky these days, aren't we, to have oh, it? incredibly lucky. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a pressure, though, because you are sort of you do feel like sometimes you've got to do it every day. And it's just not always that simple, yeah. is it? No, but like sometimes for what I paint, I put my phone mm. Onto like onto this airplane mode, you yeah. know. Because oh I don't... yeah, mine mine goes straight <laughs> onto do not, do not disturb mode oh, in the studio. Yeah. So you great. you've mentioned that you are also a stonemason and a roofer. So how so how do you yeah. manage to fit that in then around your painting? I mean, what's a typical day like for you? Uh, so I'm a bricklayer by trade. I did three years in college. Um, yeah, when I was sixteen. So um, um so basically. Uh, so I wake up at four o'clock every morning. Um, I do three hours of painting from four o'clock to seven. And then I put on my work boots. I do a nine hour uh, physical graft. And then I come home, quick shower, something to eat. And then I paint till about midnight. And that's been my day for every, well, in, in, until present day, until I started painting. No. So, so I sleep four hours a day. And that's, but like at first, my first, um, like my first week of, of doing that, 
I struggled, but then after the first week barrier, I uh, my body developed into that, and and I know it's not healthy with no sleep, but and so I feel fine, and I work a physical job as well, and I well like it's physical and it's mental as well, and um, so yeah, that's my average day really. So where's your studio <laughs> then? It must be where do you actually paint? So my rooms, so my bedrooms, uh, just above my studio, uh, because right. now we just moved into our new house in yeah. France. It's it's all open, so. So yeah, so got the studio below me, and then I got my bed upstairs. So you must sort of have, I suppose, if you live in France now, maybe your friends aren't so nearby. But that would be hard, wouldn't it? If uh, I sort of said, "Do you want to go out on Friday night?" and you're like, "Yeah, no. I mean, as I used to be, gosh, I, I know because I have no one here at the minute because my mates will come over, you know, for the summer they'll come over and stuff. But yeah. as I've had to leave, you know, like my mates and stuff back home. But see, even from when I was back home, I think because I sort of I've done loads of partying and gone out with them loads of times like mm. you know, before I started painting and did, you know and I did my backpacking thing and did whatever but I something triggered I just kept on saying Callum I don't want to be a bricklayer all my life it's you know it's my it's because you know uh, my father had a building business for over 30 years which I worked for and um and it's, it's a hard life yeah. and it, and especially if I could do something that you know that is less work and I can earn a good living from it then then I'd rather take up that do you know what I mean Absolutely. so that's what I keep in my mind every day and that's just, and that's why I think I push myself that's why I get up at four o'clock every morning to just hope for that dream because like it may not even come true and I'm and so I'm happy with that do you know what I mean I'm, so I'm happy to be a stonemason roofer and builder for the rest of my days but as long as I'm still painting every day as well I don't yeah. mind I think it would just be a bonus, you know, if I, you know, can paint every day for a, that would be just a pure, pure dream. Oh, but, wouldn't it just? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So so I, this timetable of yours then, I mean, four o'clock, that's just... I... That's, the most, that's the best time of day. Yeah, but is, are you a natural <laughs> morning person then? Um, yeah, not, I wouldn't say natural, I just, I just get up. I just you just get decide up, to um, do it. That's commitment, about, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes when I get tired, I feel sorry. Well, especially for my mother or my father, when I get a bit <laughs> irritable, it's like, ah, oh, just keep going. And then I'm like, Cal, take a break, take a break. But I'm just like, no, and I'm going to work now. Is this something you've been doing since taking part in the show, or is that something you were doing anyway? No, but the, uh, so this is something that well, it's my very first day of painting when I came back from Australia. This oh, is when really? I did it. That's what you've been doing the whole time? I've been doing it for two, it's two and a bit years now. So so you're actually probably um, painting more hours than some full-time painters. <laughs> yeah, yeah but probably. Like I did, so I did 15 hours yesterday and I was just, and, and I was just yesterday. Oh, wow. You know, and then, so. so... But, yeah, but, but, yeah, but then at the same time, when you look at my work, it doesn't look like 15 hours worth. You know, no. because I'm spending such a man, vast amount of time on a very small section. Mm. And it's very frustrating when you stand back at the end of the session and then yeah. you look back at what you've done today. And I'm like, well, then I can see it. But people would be thinking, well, what have you done? You've done one inch to an inch square. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like super strain in that way. But it's going to be, well, you know, it's yeah. all good. But there's something to be said for having a, a job as well because it, at least you know that you haven't got to rely on because right. I've always wondered if you paint full time as an artist mm. would that then be 
a pressure the pressure that oh if i don't get this done i won't get paid or i you know if somebody doesn't buy yeah. this painting i won't have a wage so i'd kind of want that um, yeah, that, safety that, net of like i've yeah. still got some money coming in <laughs> you know it's like reinsurance isn't it yeah. but i guess well like um i think the time where as if i was to go and paint every day you know i think then if I was to do that, then it'd have to be a stable way of doing it. Then I'd have to have like I'd have to have a contract with a signed gallerist or, you know, or, or a special or like a private sort of art dealer. Then that's the way I'd do it. Yes. So I probably produce two paintings a year. So um, so if I can get two commissions a year, which would be quite well, like in theory, that's easy, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. So that'd be the only way of sort of reinsuring myself. Where do you see yourself then? What are your creative goals for the future? Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, they're not small goals. <laughs> <laughs> no, and they shouldn't be. Oh, <laughs> Think gosh. big, dream um, big. <laughs> so I'd love to be, uh, like, to have my work exhibited in, uh, well, just all around the world, especially in New York. Mm. Um, and that's especially New York because... Um, Obviously, uh, like the guy um, called uh, was Louis Measle, um, the guy who invented the word photorealism, and that's where photorealism stemmed from. So I'd love to see myself, you know, like if I had my paintings hung up on them walls in, in five years or sooner, I hope, but any time, you know, yeah. like that's my ultimate goal is to be recognised all over the world in different cities and to exhibit for my style, you know. I, you know, I think that's just a normal sort of, it's like an artist's dream, isn't it? But yeah, especially New York. Mm. And I always think if you reach, you know, further than you can ever imagine, then you'll get further than you ever dreamt of. Yeah, well, that's a good I mean? way of seeing it. Mm. Definitely. And all there is is hope. But well, and hard and, work uh, and determination and, all you can do is, and commitment. Yeah, that's, that's right. And you're doing right. all of those, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like you just got to face. I got to face um, half the time. I have to um, face uh, face reality as well, where there could be a chance where you might not get to that. But yeah. it's always important when I say to people, like, you've you've always got to have something to go to, mm. as otherwise, you know, like I'm sure people had and saw the big names had their goals, and you know if they reached them or if they didn't reach them, at least they try. You know, at least they tried their best and the hardest. And that's all I want to do is just give my all. Well, if you think oh, of Van Gogh, he didn't reach yeah. his um, goal he until he died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know which was. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but what might say that, that that could happen? You know, it could happen. I might chop my ear off. I'm in south of France. I'm, you know, I'm here with you know, the way he walked and roamed our fields with sunflowers. We've got sunflower fields here now, right by my house. So. Oh gosh! Am I, I gonna? Am I route? gonna? Am I gonna receive an ear <laughs> through the post anytime soon? <laughs> oh gosh! You never know. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing about art, isn't it? When you're an what artist, you when you're an artist, you don't have to set a time limit because you don't retire from it being an artist. It's a lifetime thing, isn't it? You know, it, yeah. You you doesn't matter if you're not doing that in five years. It might it, it might be when you're sixty. But it doesn't matter. It's just you no, just continue aiming for it and and just keep taking a step forward. Um, no, just quickly, I just want to uh, um, ask you because there was another contestant, wasn't there? And he was in his nineties, wasn't he? In the oh, big... oh, Ray. <laughs> and it, it just goes to show, doesn't it? It's, it's never Ray too late is... to start. <laughs> oh, it's never too late. That to that, that man was a huge inspiration. Like. Obviously, like the like the whole nation like really enjoyed him, and like it was just absolutely thrilled. But like, 
it's just the downtimes in a period, you know, mm-hmm. like when you're not filming. It, you know, they'd be out, so I had a few ales at three o'clock in the morning with me, you know, and, oh, and we'd be drinking about three o'clock in the morning, and then we got the film, like, like filming to do the following day. There's stuff like that, that that people didn't see, and I'm like, I like, I like, is is the World War Two stories mm. that you know, they were saying about when we were painting in that um, big RAF museum, and you know, like we weren't filming, but we were like ten seconds to start filming, and Ray was actually like, he was looking at this Lancaster bomber. You know that, and he turned around and said to me, "Cal, you know, when I was your age, and so I was in that uh, plane, you know, going to war, like, you know, what I mean, it's." Incredible. I thought, and we just felt so emotional. We had to stop filming and then just regather ourselves because, the, you know, it was just so powerful. And he was just a great man. Yeah. And to be painting at that age, it just goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, just it can be whatever and whenever. So. Yeah, I mean, art can be anything. It can be just purely for the joy and the pleasure, or it can be because you've got great big goals. It, it shouldn't matter, should it? And age certainly yeah. it shouldn't be an issue. But yeah. just um, out of interest, have you kept in contact with any of the other contestants? Oh, yes, I have. I have. Yeah, like um, so. Ray's obviously well, like you know. Well, I've got most of them on like a WhatsApp um, yeah. sort of group. Mm. But uh, yeah, but mainly like I've got. Uh, I think Anil will be coming out to see me in South of France this summer. Fantastic. Um, I I think. As well, um, Susan, the Irish lady. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, I think she's got some friends like in the town just down the road as well, so she'll be coming out. So, so yeah, so they would be doing some painting together, and you know, I'm pretty sure of that because I think it's quite important. Every now and then, it's um, for photorealists, it's nice just to go out into a field and actually pull up an easel and just paint freely because most of my life so far, I like painting. It's like you're so uptight and you're so steady and you've got the highest concentration going on its little bits. Yeah. It's as I have to go out of the studio every 20 minutes or so just to stretch my eyes. And I think after like some every painting that I finish, I take up like a small little painting. I go to a field and I just run my hand freely in every direction, go in like an abstract artist just because it's just important to do that for me. It's just my law. It's almost like a warm up to an exercise, isn't it? Except you were yeah. brave enough to do that on the television. Most people wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would oh. be. <laughs> oh, well, like, if I look brave, then that's good. But trust me, inside it was far different. I was panicking. I was pressurised, and I was. I know. Oh, I gosh. really did feel your pain, but I, I just <laughs> almost felt like it was me because I just knew how you were feeling. Because it just yeah. it was. Yeah. That's. I think that's why I really wanted to talk to you about it. Because yeah, that's that's exactly who I am. That person. Yeah. So so where oh. then can our listeners find out a bit more about you? So I, I don't know if you've got a website, but but also your social media platforms and whatnot. Um. So I haven't got a website, but I have a Facebook page. Um which is just simply Callum Jameson and then I got yeah, confused Cal- with that because you're Callum Stephen but on yeah. Facebook yeah. you're Callum Jameson so I was a little bit confused at first yes yeah. so um, so this is like this is it so this is my middle name's Jameson ah. you know like is he well that's a Scottish side because my dad's Scottish and so ah. it's named after the sort of, like the whiskey yeah. but like so I'm just wondering like whether it sounds better so it's more of an experimental thing really um so there's a Callum Jameson artist on Facebook and on Instagram. I think, oh, it, it I think it'd be Callum with the underscore Stephen. Uh, yeah, I'm not well, quite we'll sure. Put, we'll put we'll um, put links anyway on on our show notes on our website. 
But uh, cool. I could have talked to you for absolutely hours. I, I, I do the same as well, isn't it? It's just when you both got the same passion and the same things and paint the same, you could just you could go on and on and we could be, oh, God. <laughs> so great, isn't it? <laughs> it has been so fantastic to, to chat to you, Callum. I've really, no. really enjoyed myself. Oh, me too. It's been my pleasure and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And I love what you're doing as well with, with your podcast as well, because I have listened to a few, um, like a few episodes previously, especially, <laughs> especially the art school one, actually, in fact, uh, it was the last week on, uh, yeah, and it's really, really, uh, you know, it's really good stuff that you're doing. So it's... Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's really great to hear. Oh. Thanks so much, Callum. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Okay, well, have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, and to you as well. Take care then. <laughs> Take care, Sandra. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. It was so lovely chatting to Callum and I really hope you enjoyed hearing his story as much as I did. Meanwhile, if you're wondering where Tara is, um, she's on holiday as I record this, um, but she'll be back for the next episode. Before I go, I just want to run through the July challenges. We have Kick Time July. Kick Time is our brand new monthly challenge and designed for those creatives who would much rather sink their teeth into one big project over the whole month rather than lots of little ones. Every month we will give you a prompt which is basically a random word and you can use it to inspire a story, a poem, a piece of art, a piece of music. The list really is endless. So July's prompt is lost. Then we have Quick Kick July. Quick Kicks are our monthly creative challenges that you can complete in 15 minutes or less a day. For Quick Kick July, we're challenging you to create a simple drawing upside down every day throughout the month of July. Now, we don't mean that you need to do a headstand and draw. We're actually challenging you to draw something from a photograph which has been flipped upside down. Now, this challenge actually stimulates the creative side of your brain teaches you to see the way that an artist sees. One of the most common mistakes that people make while drawing is to assume or draw what they think they see rather than what is actually in front of them. So by flipping an image upside down, it forces your brain to see abstract shapes and so takes away the label of what the item actually is. Then we have Draw on Junk July. Every day in July, we're challenging you to either draw or paint on junk. Now that could be found items such as wooden spoons, old toys, old clothes, you name it. Or you can create images where you draw on top of photos of junk or create images with junk by arranging it in some way. And this can be done digitally if you prefer. So maybe an old button could become a face, a lolly stick could become a character. I mean, there's all sorts of things you can do with the challenge. Then we have 31 printed photos. So in an effort to bring back the printed photograph, we are challenging you to take and print one photograph that best represents your day every single day throughout July. Now the aim of the challenge is to have a non-digital photo album full of printed photographs by the end of the month, an album that can be kept on the shelf and then treasured by future generations in your family. Now for the strange one, half past Christmas. Yep, we're just over halfway there already and we are challenging you to come up with one festive creation for this coming Christmas every single day throughout the month of July. Imagine how organised you're going to feel in December. We will, as always, have lists of our optional prompts which you can download from our website. But that's it for now. We'll be back with our new episode very soon. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon.